Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is the what is the biggest major event that you like was it uh, Kennedy, was it nine eleven? <laughs> what what was the biggest thing for you? The moment Ted, uh, the moment John Kennedy was shot was a big moment. I was working on the air when that happened. Oh, really? Yeah, um, that was stunning. Nobody believed it. And we didn't believe it. In fact, a Walter Cronkite said it. Uh-huh. You know. Uh, but the most profound event that ever happened in my life in journalism was being on the front row of Ted Bundy's execution. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was as close as I to him as I am to you now. And did he get the electric chair? It was the electric chair. Right, yeah, okay. Oh, it was, it was, Had oh. you seen one of those before? Oh, no. No, oh, so that was no. your very first one. Yeah, first and last. I don't need to see that again. In fact, I asked an AP reporter who'd watch, who's re- required to watch all of them. I said, how do you do this? Yeah. And he said, oh, I turn, my, I, I turn my head at the moment. I know when to look away. I don't want that image in my mind forever oh but i it's odd because i feel what you're saying but yet depending on the crime i may want it like if you told me i have a guy that's been uh, molesting and torturing kids and killing i'd be like oh, i'm gonna get a look at that well let me tell you something that happens mike and, yeah and ted bundy was one of those people yeah he was beating up and killing uh, college girls that's right 36 that we we actually were able to pin on him and yet there were probably over a hundred wow uh he he confessed to many more but here's what happens your brain goes into mine did went into a different mode when you see him completely shackled and in that chair and completely helpless at that moment he became a human being to me yeah and i wanted this to be over quickly i don't want this to go on well it took six minutes for him to be declared dead wow like oh my god we sat there in just horror like what is the problem well they'd given him one shot that was really hard and you could you know the whole room reverberated when that you know they go on they don't do it now we use you know we use lethal injection now but then they they warned us they said now the lights are going to go out before we get started because that's when we go on local power yeah we're sucking the juice out you don't use a public utility for an execution right that's why they did that so they when that happened it kind of you go into an anticipation mode there that's kind of super adrenaline is running through everybody. It's like, how is this going to work? What's this going to look like? Is he going to is he going to fight this? Well, he didn't. No, no, he uh, he was pretty much in control emotionally all the way up until the very end. But what happened was I, 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 I read we covered him for nine years. Yeah, I knew all of the details about every person he had tortured. Right. And yet when he was executed, it was like, man, it was, the executioner was a woman. Oh. She was covered in a black hood, uh-huh. slits in her eyes. How do I know she was a woman? I could see the makeup on yeah. her eye- eyebrows. They really did, I thought they only did that in cartoons where they wore the, the hood over. I didn't it know was, they really did that. Thank you. It yeah. was Byzantine. It was, it was, this is really odd. Are we really doing it? Why do we have to do this like this? Yeah. Um, Byzantine. Um, so I felt just for a moment there that as bad a person as he was, uh, we've had no no more prolific serial killer that we know of than Ted Bundy. Right. Yet at that moment, to me, he was a human being that we were putting through incredible, I'm not going to say pain, but Mild, just an incredible process yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. 
hooded executioner. You know, it, it went on six minutes. Uh, why is it? Do you think it's because you have three sons? I think it's because you anybody who likes people and you have a family like I, I did and, and do. and I, f- I found myself softening up a little bit because you know that potentially that Ted Bundy is obviously somebody's son. Well, then I, then I realized, Mike, that what's driving us is vengeance. We want, a ven- we want vengeance here. Yes. Help us recover something. That, right. And it makes us feel better that he's been do- he do- he's gone. Well, could he? Have, could we have learned anything from him by keeping him alive? Probably not. He no. was a compulsive liar. Yeah. Probably not. But we had no chance to find out. But I, I think I decided then that, like you, I, there, there are times, depending on the severity of the crime, that you want to, you want to see it over and done with, and execution carried out. Well, whatever the means is. Uh, but however. Um, I, I'm just not sure uh, that I'm as comfortable with it as I was before now that I've seen it. I know that I don't want to see it again. Sure. I, I don't want to see a lethal injection because they, they I, you read they screw those up too. Oh, yeah. And they screw them up because you don't have a physician. It's against the Hippocratic right. Oath. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to so participate. They, so they're going to do bizarre things. They're going to give you too much of this or too much of that, and you're going to go into convulsions and stuff that's going to be awful to look at. Do you uh, think... Do you think how about I mean think about this you, you as a man watching that and they tried scared straight with teenagers if you were to show uh, an, an execution, execution like that to yeah. kids because I have to tell you right now what uh, <laughs> I, I should have been destined for a life of crime I would come from a single parent family we were dirt poor but I never wanted to go to jail jail scared the hell out of me so I anytime my other friends would be doing criminal stuff and making money I just was afraid of jail you show me a guy getting his eyeballs shocked out of his head and I think uh, I'm, I mean obviously you're not gonna change a serial killer's mind but uh, it could be a good deterrent for for teenagers. So you, you said it. You said it in both uh, in both a yes and a no. It, it it will not work on some. Right. It will work on on others yeah. who will be scared straight. Uh, I I wanted. You know, on one hand, now I'm the kind of uh, people don't like this because of how ugly this is. But I I, I want to. I think if you show it, it's going to stop a lot. Yeah. What the guards told us at the prison was it's the only time, 24 hours in that one period before the execution, that the inmates are actually under control. Calm, yeah. Nobody's doing anything the night before an execution or the day after. Yeah. Uh, Everything is calm. It's the only time deterrence really works. And it's because we take so long. In his case, it was nine years. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. And then, and, and almost torture better to be uh, for some of these people sitting on dead ro- death row for all those years, just knowing that it's coming one day, it's going to be there. It's crazy. See, I think that's, I think that's even better. That might be better. Yeah. yeah. It, it might be better. And then you might, it, knowing that you might end up like Jeffrey Dahmer did that any day could be that day that somebody's unhappy with a broom handle. Uh, John Wilson <laughs> is in the uh, studio with us. He is going to be uh, tonight as part of the cocktails by the Bay speaker series at the club at treasure Island. I, I, I think this would be great. I can uh, I can talk to you for hours. I have so many things that I want to know. I, I do want to ask you a personal thing if I can. Sure. I have met you over the years. You've been nothing but nice to me. Thank you. Uh, the very first time I ever saw you, can I tell you, like I saw you um, do this particular thing was uh, you sang the national anthem at Legends Field. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I was a kid. The Legends Field had just opened. 
and they were like from Fox 13, John Wilson and his wife, and I went, oh man, this is going to be, un- this is going to be, t- I was almost this embarrassed here. Yeah. Uh. Well, I have no idea <laughs> that you have a, a musical background at all. I just think there's the guy from the news. He's going to now sing and everybody's going to go, oh, that- this is terrible. And this then is all of a sudden terrible. I went, oh my God, this is fantastic. I got on the air the next day and I said, these guys are fantastic. Thank you. Oh, I had no, I-, I had no idea. Thank you. But when you meet somebody like me over the years and, and you've been ni- nice to me and I I know the the boys and all that. When something comes up in the news bad about me, do you, and, and obviously not just me, but any of the uh, any of local people that you've known, say Jack Harris did something bad, or you're able to, and now you got to get on the air and talk about a guy that you kind of know, or as a guy in the media in the area. And uh, like, I'll tell oh. you what I would do. Yeah. I, you and I would be talking first. Yeah. I, um, you've always been very fair to me because I've been in trouble my, uh, for a couple of things. And I, I watched you read uh, the story and just like a newscaster would, no no different inflection. No, Then I watched some guys and they, they just want to make a villain out of every little thing that we do. But no, you're, you you're one of the more fair guys. Thank you. You can't do that. That's... Um that's easy to do. Yeah, you know that's the that's the that's an excuse for um, for not uh, doing any kind of homework at all. Yeah, it really doesn't take much homework sometimes just to realize that uh, there there are two sides here. Don't don't be don't rush into one. And that's that's the value of of, of two points of view. Uh, you're serving an underserved public when right. you do that because the public is deprived for the most part of two points of view. Because you think about it. Yeah, you're only delivering. The, the at that moment yeah. you're only getting one point of view right it's not very fair but so thank you of, but thank you yeah. thank you for thank that. you I, I would tell you this Mike that I, I I started out in journalism right had trouble with it because they wanted the who what where when and why in the first sentence yeah I said we don't do that we want to write news as we talk it yep then I got directed into musical theater. That's how that happened. They said, you need to get your accent straightened out because <laughs> I, was, I was from Virginia, Southwest Virginia, and they said, the best thing you can do is Shakespeare. Oh, uh, and that's what you did? Started doing Shakespeare, started doing theater, and then went into, went into musical theater. And, t- and Tony got it all, got the news voice all down, Pat. Thank you. Well, I, <laughs> believe me, I struggled hard uh, trying to get rid of my New York accent, and my, the way I did it, not quite as eloquent as you, I did telemarketing. And they give you a long ass script to a read, script. and I would just read it in my best non-New York voice, and it and it eventually kind of went away. Till well, I get mad. You, I was in high school when I started doing that, uh, but I started reading. I thought, you know, I should be reading the newspaper aloud. Uh-huh. So when I went to say the bathroom, right, I would take the newspaper <laughs> and, and read, read it, <laughs> close the door, and read it to myself. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'd love to just be walking by and hear today's news. John Wilson is. Here. Uh, along with uh, Paul, who is his son, who's been on the show before, who uh, will uh, wear will wear camouflage um, capri <laughs> pants and a tank top if he has to while he's on stage. You've got to be uh, super proud of of having uh, successful sons. All three of them uh, successful. All three of them very close. They do things for charity together. They're all nice guys. Uh, I, I just think as a father, that's got to be a, a great feeling. Oh, kind of you to mention that. But Mary Kay and I have worked very hard on that. But I have to tell you, we uh, the, the word is blessed. We yeah. couldn't be more blessed with our family, and thank God every day for that. Yeah, and 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 uh, I, I you got you got Mark that's taking over for you. 
and you pass that, that torch to him, are you going to be super critical of him now? Are you going to call only him? When he, only when his tie is crooked. <laughs> that happened a lot? Because, yeah, because he's got to go through all the phases yeah. of um, putting it together and, and making the mistakes and right. correcting, self-correcting, and we do that just as you did when you corrected your, you know, your little accent. Um, he... I really love to watch him, him and Kelly. You know, Kelly and I sat beside each other for 20 years and to watch. Mark and I worked together for 17 years. Yeah. So we, we made it incredibly simple for them to replace me. Yeah, they just they just put the really? newer the newer version in, the new model. Yeah. A new, a new uh, and, and, but he's he's different, you know. He's got his own game going, and um, it's really incredible to watch him do it. Um, I, I you know, he, he's far better than I was when yeah. I was when I was when I started doing this, which is really great to see. Yeah, cool. He's they're all good guys, and they've been cool to us, and they've been uh, they've been cool on the show. Now, now, Paul, what were you doing? I saw you on the set with Patrick on Facebook. Are you doing a movie with him? Like, were you guest spotting something? How recently? I don't know. You were both wearing the worst tuxedos I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know. You were oh, hugging yeah, Whoopi Goldberg yeah. no, and another movie. picture. That's a movie. Back Tell to, about back the to movie. Virginia. That's a Tell movie called them. Big Stone Gap that actually we should know pretty soon um, if it's coming to a TV screen or a movie theater near you. Oh, really? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Ashley Judd. Ashley and Patrick are kind of the, since you mentioned Shakespeare, kind of the Beatrice Benedict couple, Ashley and Patrick. And Patrick's the stoic, cool, coal miner stud because, you know, that's who he is. Yeah. Right in a little bitty town called Big Stone Gap, Virginia, as the movie is named, Big Stone Gap, and Jenna Elfman is my wife, and I, she and I are kind of the Bacchanalian couple. So we're, I think I'm drunk in every scene. Paul, uh-huh. Paul a big stretch for you. Huh? Paul yeah, I had plays, to work at it. Paul plays the town drunk. Uh huh. Oh, good. <laughs> the script didn't call for it. He just, just shut yeah, up. Yeah. I breathed a little of my own life into it. <laughs> do you uh, do you have a favorite uh, movie of uh, of Patrick's? Something. Well, it has like? to be Phantom of the Opera because. That's what Mary Kay and I, we were singing that long before Patrick got that part. And that was such a part of our lives at the time when he had to fly. He flew to um, to London to audition for Andrew Lloyd Webber on on the like the second night of the first Gulf War. Wow. The war was going on. Patrick was in London. Audition. Am I right, Paul? Yeah, I was right, wasn't I? Um, and it ended up being just kind of a meeting and sing a few bars. And he was like, yeah, you're okay. Perfect. You're wonderful. Do it. <laughs> no. So, so the, uh, uh, no, uh, he lands us. So mom and dad want to know, well, did you get the part? And he said, you know, his aunt Paul, do you know what he said? He said, well, I think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is he married now? Oh, yes. He's got two kids. Two and he's kids. married to Dagmara Dominic, whose father was uh, Lech Wenzel's right-hand man for solidarity. In oh, Poland. really? Oh, yeah. Wow. He went to prison for a year for that. Um, so they're a bilingual family. Yeah. How did you know uh, when Patrick was, was getting ready to do... Uh, Broadway, where you're like, I don't know, we got three kids. I guess we got one gay one. Oh, I'll tell you what we did. Here's what we decided. Mom, mom and dad are performers already, so we knew. Let's oh, make sure true. he really understands what this means. Yeah. So we sent him to a summer program at Boston, um, uh, at BU, that w- was intended to put him in a conservatory environment with a lot of kids who are equally trained, equally okay. talented, and he was suddenly with his young peers. Yeah, so now you know what it's like. It's going to be morning, noon, and night. You're going to do theater, nothing but theater. Theater is everything and is is, is only everything. So let's see if you can survive this. Well, like in the second day. Yeah. 
It was, I love this. I really love this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So then yeah. it was, then he was on his, I said, okay, now you know what it's going to be like. Well, good. Well, it worked out. Hard work will get you whatever you want. Uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, I, I reached out to your boys when I knew you were coming on the show and I said, is there anything embarrassing about John Wilson that we might have to bring up? Uh, while he's here and I, I wish I had enough hours to get to them all they had I mean I'm telling you they couldn't stop with the stuff that we had uh, one, one of my favorites is that I'll bring up because um, it's something that's been asked of me that I will never do what? I'm a big chicken I don't want to go on roller coasters uh, you flew with the Blue Angels? Yeah. How did that work out for Got you? Got sick. Yeah. <laughs> Were they doing it full speed, barrel rolling and all that stuff? Yeah. He said, uh, this young captain said, well, wh what do you want to do, Mr. Wilson? I said, well, everything you do. He oh, says, Jesus. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a big macho guy and I'm thinking I can do this. And I was ready. I was mentally, physically, I knew how to eat. I'd been trained in ejection in case we had to get out of that thing oh, in really? a hurry. Oh, yeah. Well, that would have been enough for me to go, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, I was ready to go. Yeah. No, no, no. You got to you got to believe in the aircraft, believe in the pilot. Uh, I said, what's the worst thing can happen? He says, a fire on takeoff. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> a fire on takeoff. What's in? Well, you got to eject while we're on the, on the ground. Oh, wow. That's, go that's not going to be pretty. Yeah. So, uh, so, so anyway, uh, I was out an hour with them, and uh, we did the show. We did what essentially was their show. Right. While and, you um, were in the plane, they did all the stunts. Yeah. And and where did you get sick? In the plane or when you landed? Oh, no. It's in the plane. Dory. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a mask on. You've got a mask oh, on. Oh, it's right back at you. But remember now, here's the thing. You don't... <laughs> Yeah, you know, they say this with a smile. Yeah. Don't eat a lot of breakfast. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's got to be great. Oh, ricochet breakfast. Yeah. That's what you had, right? Ricochet breakfast. I'll tell you what, though. I think that's pretty acceptable for, uh, I cry well, now. What it, what it taught me really quick is that the uh, the pilot who survives is the one most physically fit, not just the smartest, but physically right. fit. Right, right, You're going to be doing uh, seven, eight times your normal gravity. Wow. Uh, seven or eight times your weight coming down on your stomach. I don't need that. Uh, seconds. Yeah. Oh. And it's not gonna. It's not gonna last ten seconds. It may be the hardest five seconds of your life. Wow. You know. And then. And then you're. Then you. Uh, then things begin to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it. Uh, well, thank you. When's the last time you got in a fist fight? A fist fight. Yeah. I, I don't. I bet you can kick. Fight. I bet you can kick if if it came down to it. Like, oh, not like you're a. Not like a drunk fighter, but like defending a woman's honor. I see it like stepping up and giving the guy old. But old school fighting like this? That's an interesting question. I, I, I've never, I've never done that. Uh, I've never got like, a fight? No. Felt like doing it. Um, uh, I just never felt the, I never felt the risk was worth it to um, whoever I was with at the time. You'd but, be willing to go in the Blue Angels and do uh, the same thing they do, but you wouldn't want to risk punching a guy in the eye? Well, I, I would given, given it have to be really obvious. Right, right, you know, right. I, I mean, got you. Really. You'd be saving somebody. Yeah, it's yeah. going to have to be really clear because uh, right away there's a legal liability yeah, that's yeah. going to sure. kick in really quick. Sure, sure. And especially since I work in television, everybody's going to know about it. That would be the greatest thing ever. John, John Wilson, <laughs> the woman was being harassed, and then John Wilson knocked the guy out with one punch <laughs> right to the temple. Fantastic. Oh, that, that, that did happen last week, but <laughs> I, I don't want to bring that <laughs> no, up. Nobody covered it. It got under the thing. Right. Listen, it's been a pleasure watching you for the entire been in Florida since uh, 1989. Thank you. And uh, it is certainly a pleasure having you here today. You can see Mr. John Wilson tonight. He will be at the club at Treasure Island. You can check out the website, the club, at, uh, the club ti.com. 
and go out there and uh, hear him speak very long and uh, fantastic one, career. One yes. thing on that speech, and it's a current topic of mine, and since I have no TV channel now, to do an outrage my, uh-huh. my current outrage is cuba is oh, I, don't race into this relationship with cuba I, I i it's so funny because the uh i understand you were on drew garabo's show who does afternoons here yeah and he uh he said to me i heard you're having john wilson on he said he's a big fan of cuba asking about cuba i said you can't walk me down i'm too i've been around too long for that but now but tell me if you got a second let's talk about this why are you not uh so ready to i i lived in miami for a little while and uh, I, I know a little bit about the plight of the Cuban people and Fidel Castro. And, and all of a sudden, this kind of came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, Castro's still alive and we're, we're making friends with them. Well, here's the issue with me. I'm, I'm from the medium. So I want to have full access. I want to be able to tell the truth. Right. That's the one thing that you cannot hear about Cuba. That's the truth. And the truth is still poverty is still no free elections, no free enterprise, no nothing. So if we release this trade embargo, right. all these companies rush in there to do business, what do we get for it? And what do the people of Cuba get the for it? The people of Cuba are going to get nothing get for it. Nothing. And the people who lost everything when they had to leave will we'll never get, get anything back. And that figures up to $6 billion. Yeah. But what is the benefit then? Why are we rushing to do this now while Fidel Castro is still alive? What is the benefit to this country? Because I don't, I don't see that either. Well, two presidents have failed at trying to do it. It was Jimmy Carter and President Clinton. Right. So President Obama says, let's normalize relations. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we get back from it, well, first of all, who are we? This country is a country that is known around the world as a place for freedom and democracy. That is not freedom and democracy going on 90 miles from our shoreline. If anything, we ought to support freedom for the people of Cuba. Look how many countries our people have died fighting for freedom. Right. And now we're looking to just make friends. Now we just ignore that in Cuba like it doesn't happen. It happens every day. But but speak to me uh, like uh, I'm the normal average idiot. What is, so then who is controlling this? This Is because of big big money and big corporations that are going to go in there and benefit off of, of, uh, uh, it's well, certainly not tourism. Here's the thing. Uh, Fidel Castro is going to take 49%. It used to be 50, now it's 49% of all profits. Right. All right, let's say Hyatt goes in there, or Best Western, or whoever. These large companies carry an ex- incredible amount of influence and strength, and the strength is economy. What does Cuba need more than anything? It needs an economy. Yeah. They've got no economy. The economy crashed in 1991. But who is going to protect who is going to give any assurance to these American businesses that the Castro government is not going to try to intimidate sure. these these companies or even nationalize them the way they have done for 53 years? Yeah. They've taken over Shell, Texaco, and Esso. Right. And every other business. So, so what do we do? Why? And again, why do it? Why do it? Because it's time for us to stand up, I think, for people who are having their rights trampled on no, every day right I, next door to yeah, us. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying the average person has to ask themselves, why are we, why are we oh, rushing to do uh, this? No, uh, I get why standing up to do it. Uh, I, 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 think it's, I think it's a huge slap in the face to the, to the Cuban Americans. Well, we have power. We yeah. have two things going for us. We have economic power, and the economics of the American company is extraordinarily is significant. But we also have the best military in the world. So what is our role? Do we use the military here? You know, we've agreed not to invade Cuba. That was part of the trade embargo. Well, I'm not saying invade Cuba, but I've got a solution here. Let's let them have Guantanamo Bay back. Uh Let's then take that 
that Take base. Piece, yeah. Take that base and we move it 500 miles across the island to Havana. Uh-huh. Put, put a U.S. base right in Havana. That's the assurance to these American businesses that they're not going to be nationalized or taken over by a subsequent government that follows Castro. Is the, is the Cuban government still strong enough once we, once we release this embargo? Are, we, are they still strong enough to do that to us? They sent thousands, <clears throat> excuse me, thousands of soldiers to Angola. They sent thousands of soldiers to the Middle East to fight for Cuba in the Israeli war. Mm. He's got soldiers. Yeah. Now, are they strong enough? Do they have a lot of equipment? No. No. Yeah. We have it all. Right. Put one mechanized company in there, and we could, we could protect our businesses, protect the people of Cuba, and assure Cuba that, that, that we can restore their economy. Sure. But in order to restore their economy, we've got to have something back from you, Cuba. Yeah. And it's I, the assurance that you're going to let your people vote. Yeah. It's, and it, have a free election. It does. It just seems We've like done really it in odd. all these other countries. Sure. Sure. Uh, let me ask you one more thing since we're talking about this stuff. Uh, where do you stand on uh, legalization of marijuana? I want that controlled. Uh, I think the controls were not very clear the last time. Um, I, I want I want it to be able to be used. Yes. For, by those people who can use it, I don't want it to be abused. You don't think it should be used rec- recreationally, but no, you think medicinally me. it should be used. Yeah, recreational b- bothers me a lot. Yeah. And one of the things I want to know is, and we've had Colorado for what three years now. I want to get these statistics back on traffic fatalities. Yeah. We want to turn. Suicide missions loose out there. Dude, there's no, because there's no way we don't have a we don't have a, a way in place like we do for a, a detecting alcohol now on these traffic stops either. You're so, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I, I'm cautious about it, but I know the value of it. Sure. And I want it to be available. To yeah. Those, but I, it needs to be controlled. And, uh, a, and the last one wasn't w- written like that at all. The last. Oh, uh, it was. It was confused, and it was uh, way too broad, and. Um, it was embarrassing, actually. Speaking of embarrassing, was the last uh, governor election of Florida the most embarrassing one that you've seen? Yeah. The two worst candidates yes, it was. going at it. I mean, yes, it was. It, more people was, voted for that. More than, people voted for marijuana oh, than sure. voted for either one. Sure. I mean, that's the absolute truth. And that was the absolute truth. Flip-flopper, suntan, Charlie Chris made that his only, his only platform, and it didn't work. Very interesting. Boy, I could I could do this. For, maybe maybe when you're getting annoyed at being home alone and you get angry about <laughs> yeah. something, you're like, I wish I had that Friday segment for a little while. You can come over here and uh, and and do it. Paul, what is uh, your father's favorite curse word? Don't say it, but give me an idea. He's, it's a gerund, um, uh, and it ends in ing. Um, uh, uh, but I'd it's, say it's a lot of singing. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did he hit you as a kid? Was he a physical? Well, he no, like no. He mom, could. mom did all that. Mom did it. Yeah. 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 No, no. She, she. It was never wait till your father gets home. It was go pick the belt or the switch right now. And Patrick, you're first. Which one of the three of them were in trouble the most? My prediction would be Paul. Let's say, Mike, that you are incredibly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's been a pleasure having you here today. You are welcome to come back anytime. If you feel like you want to you wanna mix it up with the kids, we'd, we'd love to have you on the air. Thank you very much. You're very kind, and I appreciate all the nice things you said. And I, I really enjoyed listening to you. It's terrific. Thank oh, you. thank you. Thank you. Go see uh, John Wilson at theclubti.com <laughs> for more information. We'll take a quick break. Oh, man, we're, we're over. I'm still going. We're going to keep going because we got money to give away. we got things to do. We'll take a quick break. It's the Mike Caldas Show. Steve and Julie Weintraub here for the Golden Diamond Source. If you're thinking about getting engaged, Golden Diamond Source is your one-stop destination. Shop, compare, 
and save at the Golden Diamond Source. 3800 Almerton Road. Or online at goldendiamondsource.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.